and it's a hot but the thing is it's hot though too like it's a hot he toasted it so now the mayonnaise is warm i've i've gotta be honest i hate mayonnaise in all capacities forms don't do miracle whip i think it's the nastiest food on the planet so this hot mayonnaise talk is just really getting to me growing up we all hate mayonnaise in my family we're an anti-mayonnaise household except for my mom and my dad would always be like that's because it's white people food like we do not touch the mayonnaise i've raised you all better than that Don't you dare look at that mayonnaise. Don't you even think about it. I see the only mayonnaise that I find acceptable is like the spicy mayo that you get like sushi places. Oh, like an aioli. An aioli is different. Yeah. Yeah. You're not just like slapping some Hellman's down on your sushi. (laughs) That would be an abomination. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Anyways, Um, this is Brothers of Murder. We're not a sandwich podcast. Yeah, this isn't an in-depth sandwich dissection. <laughs> but we do indulge. I haven't eaten a sandwich, though, before, yes. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm no virgin to a good sandwich. I used to work I've at a, a, a 24-hour truck stop subway when I was in college, so... Whoa. I'm no stranger to the sandwich industry. I'm a sandwich artist, I believe they're called. <laughs> <laughs> board certified so, uh, so i think last time well last time we did uh, the episode i recorded that was like the uh this is a weird halloween episode i did the charlie chop off oh it's technically, yes yeah that's tell you about i don't think i told you about that yeah the dude was just attacking with children it was, it was really fucked up <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh so technically i went first so oh. i think that you should go first this time all right um all right we can do that so this one is upsetting as they all are <laughs> so, here we go and it's it's kind of similar to one you did but i don't think they're the same um this one's a little more recently updated, but we will start at the beginning. So there's this girl named Sarah Butler. She was 20 um, and she was a lifetime or sorry, a longtime lifeguard for the YMCA and a second year student in New Jersey University, as well as being a dancer with the Premier Dance Theater in Montclair, New Jersey. And on November 22nd. I know where that's at. Yeah, do you? I was wondering if you would. I have. Yeah. No bearing on the <laughs> geography of New Jersey, so all of this means nothing to me. But <laughs> I, I'll give you a quick rundown. So okay. up north is like basically New York City. Okay, you get a little bit under that, and it's like it's a beachy New York, <laughs> right? <laughs> so just and then and then under that, it's basically just beach Philadelphia. <laughs> and then under that, it's just nothing but woods and hillbilly people. And it's a hard switch. <laughs> like, it's not an easy transition. Because <laughs> you just cross one, like, you go, you go, you take one exit off the highway, and it's just bam, Confederate flags. And you're like, where the fuck am I? You're like, oh no, what happened here? <laughs> we didn't raise you like this. <laughs> <laughs> we, we won. We're the North. Yeah. <laughs> this is not what we do. Um. Uh. But continue, I digress. No, that's kind of how it is in Utah, too. Like, you have Salt Lake City, and, like, Salt Lake County is, like, pretty normal. 
And then you cross the county line down into Utah County and you're like, uh, what world is this? <laughs> like, what happens over this border? <laughs> it happens to all of us. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah. on November 22nd, 2016, Sarah borrowed the keys to her mother's van. She said that she wanted to meet up with a friend while she was home over Thanksgiving break. Um, but before leaving to meet this quote unquote friend, she nervously texted him and asked, you're not a serial killer, are you? So... What Sarah's family would later discover is that this was not a friend, but someone she met on a controversial social networking app, Tagged, um, which apparently has a history of the fostering. Fuck is Tag? Yeah, I hadn't heard of it, um, but apparently has a history of fostering like sex crimes, and in the past have gotten flack for taking a very relaxed stance on child pornography. So it's not. Oh my god. It's not the most reputable site. Um, from what I could gather, I think it is kind of used more for sex work but i i can't say that with any definite certainty um yeah. but anyways the man she was meeting up with khalil wheeler weaver had offered to pay her 500 to have sex with him and before meeting up with butler that day wheeler weaver performed internet searches such as how to make homemade or sorry how to make homemade poison to kill humans and what chemical oh, could you shit. put on a rag and hold to someone's face to make them go to sleep immediately and he also he was not being discreet at all. Uh, no, 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 no. He also performed searches on bleach, ammonia, and how to erase phone data. So, Alexa, how to commit a murder? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Alexa, I'm a dumbass. How do you kill someone? <laughs> it's like how um, what was Casey Anthony googling like oh rufinol and like chloroform and stuff like that, right? Oh yeah. I just watched a documentary again too, and I still have no idea how the fuck she did not go to prison. It like it boggles the mind. The criminal justice system is like the wild west, I swear to God. <laughs> Anyways, oh. um as you can guess, ten days after the encounter, Butler's body was found in a nature reserve covered in leaves. She had been strangled to death. So Wheeler Weaver has um, now been accused of murdering three women and making an attempt on the life of a fourth. Yeah, Butler, it turns out, was his final victim. So according to lawyers, Wheeler Weaver specifically went after young black sex workers, some of whom were also dealing with mental health issues and homelessness. And Wheeler Weaver believed that no one would notice if they went missing. As an Essex County assistant prosecutor, Adam Wells stated... They were viewed as somehow less than human, less valuable. Um, but Wheeler Weaver was wrong, and he made a huge mistake when he chose Butler to be one of his victims. Her family actually ended up organizing the sting operation that eventually led to his arrest, um, but more on that in a minute. So, like I said, Butler was his last victim. His first victim's name was Robin West, and she was just 19 years old. She was found dead in oh, September 2016. So this was just a couple of months before he killed Sarah Butler. Um, yeah. West had been dealing... So he was like, kind of hitting his stride a little bit, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so West had been dealing with some mental health issues and had moved out of her mother's home when she was just 18. And her birthday was coming up and her mother was concerned when she failed to return messages about her party. So on September 1st, an abandoned house in Orange, New Jersey, which do you know where that is? <laughs> Yep, that's also basically New York. Okay. Yeah, so um, an abandoned house in Orange. A lot of this is like the city city. Oh, okay. So this is pretty urban. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so anyways, an abandoned house in Orange, New Jersey was set ablaze. Um, Robin's body was inside. 
and the damage of the fire to her body was so bad that it took authorities two weeks to identify her using her dental records. Uh, Wheeler Weaver, who was questioned at the time, said he took her out to eat and then dropped her off at a different abandoned house that was a couple blocks away. And as investigators would later find out, Wheeler Weaver actually went back to the neighborhood and watched the firefighters try to put the fire out. While they were still trying to piece together the details of Robin's case, a second woman went missing. So, this woman, Joanne Brown, had been homeless and also struggling with mental health issues. The last person to see her alive was a friend who saw her climb into Wheeler Weaver's car just before she disappeared. Um, Brown later called the same friend from Wheeler Weaver's phone number to tell her where she was going. She was reported missing in October 2016. And less than two months later, a work crew found her body in another vacant house in Orange. Her nose and mouth had been covered with tape and a jacket was tied around her neck. Like Butler, she had been strangled. So. I'm surprised I haven't heard about this. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's wild. So September is Robin West. October is um, Joanne Butler. Around the time, or sorry, Joanne Brown. Around the time Brown's body was found, a fourth woman came forward and told police about her own encounter with Wheeler Weaver, <clears throat> which is this is where it gets kind of infuriating. So she was a homeless woman who'd also turned to sex work for survival, and she agreed to meet with Wheeler Weaver on November 15th, 2016 at a motel in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and left with him in his car. So she said that Wheeler Weaver, while wearing a ski mask, handcuffed her, covered her mouth in duct tape, raped her, and tried to strangle her to death. She lost consciousness at several points throughout the attack, but somehow came to and quickly came up with an escape plan. So this woman somehow convinces him to take her back to the motel where she locks him out of the room and calls the authorities. Unfortunately, Good for her. Shit. Yeah. So this lady, it was like quick on her feet, like serious survival skills. Um, yeah. Not to imply that the other victims did not, but it's just like amazing She's that this got woman was able to get away. Yeah, yeah. That this woman got away. So, unfortunately, the police cared more about her being a prostitute than they did about finding him. Um, Officers from the department claimed they didn't believe her when she called to report her own kidnapping because an hour had passed since the alleged event, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like, if you get a call stating that someone was kidnapped, you should err on the side of belief and action. That's your job as the police. Like, you're supposed to respond to emergencies. You were kidnapped for an hour? Really? Yeah, like... I got away, asshole. It's just, like, infuriating. Like, and it's... You know it's... They responded that way because she was a sex worker. Like, and if they... Yeah. This was November 15th. Sarah Butler was killed on November 22nd. Like, if they had done their job and responded to this call the right way, her death probably could have been prevented. So, that's that good old prejudice against sex workers in action once again. Yeah. <laughs> Cops being doing doing a thing. They good at as per being usual. <laughs> so a week after this attack was when Wheeler Weaver met up with Butler. Like I said, and her family called the police immediately when she didn't come home from their meeting the next day. That was on November twenty second. Her body was found on December first. Um, and Butler's family like badasses. They completely sprung into action. They logged into all of her social media profiles by themselves and began looking up who she'd been talking to before her disappearance. That's where they found her tagged profile. So they find her profile. They then create a fake profile on the website and lure her murderer into a meetup with the promise of having sex with him. 
So oh, fuck yeah, they got that bitch. <laughs> yep, this guy shows up expecting like another rundown of the past couple events, and instead he finds police officers waiting for him. So Wheeler Weaver, who was working as a grocery store security guard and apparently also was hoping to become a police officer himself, which I mean, can of you course. imagine? Are we surprised? But oh my god. So he why gets, serial killers like obsessed with being like police cucks? Oh, you know why? Because like they crave that authority and that power and the ability to like cover for their crimes within a fraternity of like just corruption. Brothers. <laughs> yeah, brothers, <laughs> brotherhood. Um, Hell yeah, brother. But I read that detail and I was like, oh, of course. But could you imagine had he not gotten caught and gone on to become a police officer, the kind of shit he would have done, like? Oh my goodness. There's been like a slew of missing black sex workers. Oh, and this guy, I think he, it said he was 20 when he got arrested. He's now 23. So like his, his little oh, serial fuck, killer career age. was only just starting. Like he was already ramping up at 23. Anyways. So in 2017, he is indicted on three counts of murder, one count of attempted murder, desecration of human remains, aggravated arson, aggravated sexual assault, and kidnapping. Um, And Robin West's father, who was his first victim, said, I need to know what happened to him. What caused him to snap like this? I've been face to face with him in court, and I'm looking at a handsome young man, and I'm thinking, why would you need to go out and track these young women and murder them? Um... And his trial is ongoing. It's actually still ongoing as of this week. But of course, his attorneys have tried to turn it around and say that the victims are at fault. Like a direct quote says they put themselves in vulnerable positions and he's pled not guilty. So like we're blaming you can get murdered. Yeah, we're blaming these women for being in vulnerable positions and not this man for being fucking psycho like for murdering though. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. sure. Anyways, once again, we have a case where young black women are targeted. And what I really want to know is, like, what other crimes is he responsible for? Because these attacks took place in the span of three months. That's three murders, one attempted murder. And it feels, like, highly unlikely that this dude suddenly just snapped and went on a rampage. Like, I feel like there's a very disturbing history here. He probably has a history, yeah. He has to have a history of something. Well, that's gonna come out, but then all I really saw reported was that A, he came from a law enforcement family, and B, that he had no prior criminal offenses to this happening. So I'm like, he really... To anyone's knowledge. Yeah, exactly. He could have just been sneaking around doing shit. So there was a reason he was targeting these women, so what I'm wondering is, like, how many other women are out there that he killed that are just completely unaccounted for, that, like, no one really did notice that they were gone. Or assaulted that never came forward. Yeah, that just never said anything. Because probably like that one woman, they were, they would have reported and the police would have just been like, well, you know, what were you doing? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why were you out there that night? All right, asshole. Exactly. And in fact, the way he's been covered has kind of reminded me of when you hear everybody talk about Ted Bunny and just be like, he was so handsome. How could he have done this? As if we haven't learned by now that like, handsome men should be the least trusted members of our society. Um, and they're never that handsome either. And they aren't. I mean, I actually did look at pictures of this guy and like, not that it matters, but I was like, okay, he's like, you know, decently good looking dude, but still, I'm like, if anything, we should be more suspicious of him. <laughs> we should know by now not that to smile. trust beautiful people. Smile. <laughs> Anyways, 
Um, that was kind of a shorter one, but those are the murders of Sarah Butler, Robin Weston, Joanne Brown, and we'll see what happens with this ongoing trial. Yeah, I'm going to keep my ears to grow on that one, too. Yeah. And on that note, we'll move into a break and cover my really also fucked up case. <laughs> <laughs> So I found this one just like I was scrolling through Twitter and there's, there's like this picture of this like adorable looking like 13 year old black boy. And it says mm-hmm. like, miss, first it said missing. I was always oh, missing. Let me look into this. And right. I'm reading it. It said that he had escaped from juvenile court like before his conviction. They didn't give us, they gave us first name was Jericho. They didn't give his last name, obviously, because he's a, he's only 13. Yeah. He's a minor. So I'm like looking up. Jericho W, 13, North Carolina, blah, blah, blah. And turns out that he is involved in two murders <gasps> of two adult men 
and was able to escape captivity after being like arrested. So uh, it took a lot of reach, like looking up to get any information on the story out because it's recent. And he's a minor. A lot of it's like, yeah. Yeah, and he's a minor, but. So, what in uh, the I'm Shawshank the hell? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I'll run down all the information I have. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, October 16th, two Lumberton men and a 13 year old, well, a Lumberton man and a 13 year old were arrested in connection with the deaths of two brothers in their home. Authorities said that someone called the cops and said they found two dead bodies at this place. Deputies went there and found that Thomas and his brother, 34 and 33, the ages, were found dead in the home. And they're assuming that the case was linked to drugs. No information that was put out on why they say that. Mm-hmm. They say that drugs were probably involved. Now, in connection to those murders, uh, Derek Deshaun Hunt, who was 19, his younger brother at the time, who was unidentified, but later found out to be named Jericho, were arrested and charged, were charged with first-degree murder. And uh, Hunt was also charged with like conspiracy to commit robbery with a dangerous weapon. And the younger brother getting the same charge. So now, Hunt was being held without bond at a normal prison, while his little brother was being held at a juvenile detention center. So fast forward to November, uh, the teen who was identified as Jericho was due at court and was able to escape custody by throwing his leg shackles off and literally just running out the door, running out the door at barefoot. What? Yeah, and authorities they don't want to say like they haven't spoken on how he got out because he literally they, just like, outran them. Like, well, yeah, he was able to take his leg shackles off and just ran. Oh my and gosh! Authorities they don't want to. They're not not talking about how it happened because <laughs> obviously they like dropped the ball somehow and they don't want to admit it. Yeah, but, they don't uh, want to be like a so thirteen-year-old freaking slipped out of our grasp of on foot. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So he booked it, and uh, out in the news they said they're looking for him. And his mom says that it shouldn't have gotten to this point. She said that her son was very troubled, and she blamed the county for not helping him. Uh, she said she reached out to social workers multiple times, and no one was able to ever really step in and give him the help and therapy that he needed because she couldn't afford it herself. She was like, you know, I go to social workers, maybe they'll help mediate this. And she kept getting like stonewalled and dead end. Mm-hmm. And actually the, uh, the social worker of that state kind of bit back and said that like, uh, like every child is different and every household is different. And is that really our responsibility? It was a lot of like back and forth, like petty shit. <laughs> while this kid's on the run for murder. Yeah, no one wants to, Uh, like, take any blame for how this was able to happen. Yeah, and uh, several searches were conducted by North Carolina Department of Public Safety, the Marshal Services, like, the Sheriff's Department, Lumberton Police Department, basically, like, even, like, a dive team (laughs) went out (laughs) looking for this kid, and no one could find him. Like, he he ran through, like, woods, back streets, he, like, followed the railroad track, until he made it to uh, his grandma's house, which is abandoned. Uh-huh. And he stayed there for, like, a couple of nights, just, like, hide out. And then he found a bike and rode it to his uncle's house. So at his family's rural house, uncle's home, uh, his uncle heard a knock on the door. Mm-hmm. And he said that something told him to, like, he's in, he wasn't home at first. Yeah. But something told him to go home. So he went home, sat down, like, 
couple minutes later, heard a knock at the door, and there was a kid there, Jericho. And he said that Jericho had always seen him as like a father figure. Right. So he wasn't surprised that while he's on a run, he came to like see him. Yeah. And he said that, you know, they embrace each other. Yeah. Photo my like, you know, I love you. They like cry together. The kid is asking if he gets something to eat. So he sat down, ate, gave him like kid took a shower mm-hmm. his mom came to talk to him and then they called the marshals on him marshals came and arrested him and then took him away and there's just <laughs> and there's just that's it with the case so far so now he's waiting to go to court on his two murder charges and he's like he a 13 year old evaded police for like a week <laughs> oh my gosh Jericho yeah. I'm yeah. I'm so curious about these murder charges. Like, there's just no word on just drugs. That's all they said. Yeah, they said possible drug drugs were involved, and there's like no speculation from anybody. Just nothing. I'm assuming once uh, his older brother starts going through the trial, more information, like detailed information, will come out. Right. I doubt anything will really come from his because they'll probably keep it hush hush. And that was short, so I'm going to give you, like, another quick short one, too. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I I don't feel comfortable taking a stance on that one, having so few details, but, like, it's hard not to root feel for, for a it, kid. Like, yeah. yeah, and, like, Hopefully want them he, to... He wasn't involved in the murder. <laughs> yeah, hoping it's, like, a big misunderstanding and that he'll be okay. Man, that's but wild, yeah, definitely... though. I, I can't run that What's... fast, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just had to report that because like he he was out in them fucking woods man <laughs> god damn it yeah that is wild alright so now this one is also a short case so but it's like insane and also uh you know what's it called content warning I guess it involves domestic violence oh okay so just that's what, that's what we're getting into you so know, now, we should imagine do like a you're... blanket, like content warning at the beginning of the podcast that's like, um, because <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> okay, so imagine that you're just like in your car, right? Mm-hmm. Your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever you're with. And you guys get into an argument about like something mundane. Like, I don't know. What's some people argue about? Like, they fucked up your Netflix recommendations or. There's no toilet paper in the bathroom. Just I was going to say, you're me and you're just picking fights over like stupid shit. You're fighting just to fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like, like you're just kind of just bored and you're like, so who the fuck is that bitch you on, on Instagram? And it's like, why are you starting this? So, <laughs> We're having a nice arguing. day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're arguing, you're just going about it and you think the argument's over and concluded and you're sitting there silent and then the last thing you remember is that your window's shattering and then you black out. Oh my god. So, yeah. So you wake up and you're not at your home. You're not in your car. You're not at your boyfriend's place, but you're at your boyfriend's mom's place being stitched up from a mysterious head wound that you don't remember getting. What the fuck? Yeah, so this happened to a woman named Nikki. I forget her, her last name wasn't put out because like she didn't want her you know whole shit getting put out there mm-hmm. just a story from her point of view so for a month after an incident in 2017 
uh, Nikki stayed with her boyfriend at or her boyfriend's mom's house, dealing with like severe headaches, memory loss. She was unable to like speak correctly, and all she was told was that she was drunk driving and crashed her car into a tree. They didn't let her see her car. She doesn't remember drunk driving, but she did have vague memories of that like rude incident. That yeah, that whenever argument. Whenever she asked about it, yeah. Whenever, whenever she asked about it, no one would elaborate on it, and they're kind of just be like, "Oh well, no, you were <laughs> you were drunk and fast to the creed because you're crazy," and she really just couldn't argue with that because it's like, "All right, sure," but thankfully one of her friends was able to get back in contact with her because she was like, out of contact for a while. Yeah, noticed the wound in her head, noticed her like not being able to form complete sentences. And took her to the hospital where doctors did a brain scan on her and found a chunk of metal lodged in the back of her skull. What? That chunk of metal, yeah, the chunk of metal was a bullet fragment. <gasps> she had been shot in the head. She just and had a full ass more... bullet fragment in the back of her skull? Yep. And more perplexing is she had no recollection of a gun ever being pointed at her. She didn't remember getting shot. <laughs> she couldn't remember any of that shit. All she could remember was the fight and then waking up. So, so she's police... just walking around and they're like, oh, you got a car accident. She has a full-ass bullet yeah. just in her skull. In her dome, yeah. What? So police, police learned that her boyfriend, Kane, actually shot her in the head a month earlier in that car. So her during the argument... Is, wait, his name is Kane? Yeah. Why do people go around naming their kids that? <laughs> do we know what Kane yeah, did? Objects. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> so yeah, so during the argument, after the argument was over, well, after they thought the argument was over, he just pulled out a gun and shot her in the passenger seat in the head. And then realizing that she wasn't dead... Instead of taking her to the hospital because he didn't want to get arrested, just took her to his mom's house and they put a bandage on it and they're like, oh, you know, just if she ever asks, don't tell her that I shot her in the face. So the mom straight so, up just slapped a bandage on it and was like, well, I'm just going to pretend this didn't happen. We're good. Yeah. You can just never leave. I didn't, I didn't see it. Did you see anything? I didn't see anything. Like, what? Yeah, that's pretend you didn't get shot. They were just thinking this lady's never going to realize there's a bullet in the back of her head? Because why would you, you know? Oh my gosh. I mean, so, obviously that relationship had to have been super abusive already. Toxic. But. Yeah. So he was charged with uh, uh, domestic violence, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, uh, battery, and like two different counts of uh, possession. So he'll be in prison for like the next 25 years, thankfully. <laughs> And Nikki has now a scar in her head and a permanent bullet lodged in her brain because any attempts to remove it, it said, would have killed her. So this woman is going to live, yeah, the rest of her life with a bullet in her brain? Oh my gosh. How did she survive and she has to go that? Like pure fucking luck. But now she has to go through like speech pathology to like regain her ability to speak but she'll also forever suffer from like memory loss like her short term memory is going to be fucked but for getting shot in the head that's like the best outcome I think 
Yeah, I mean, thank God that her friend somehow was able to get her to a hospital. I haven't heard, you know, like, I haven't heard of you for a month. Like, I'm going to come check up on you. I, that is nuts. And, like, obviously the guy's messed up, but how messed up are you as a mom that your son comes to you with this woman that he's shot in the back of the head and you're like, all right, how do we make this go away? Like, Yeah, she brushes under the rug. Because what what would happen if she did die under your care? Now, I guess you got to get charged, too. Yeah, it's like now you've got a body on your hand. Like, it just, it boggles the mind, dude. The, the balls of these people. <laughs> the ball, just like the complete lack of remorse or morality. You're like, how? <laughs> and, and then the audacity to tell her that, no, you were just drunk. I feel guilt if I like angry react someone on Facebook. I can't. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't imagine shooting yeah, somebody. what the hell? And walking away with it. Oh, that, yeah, that was a doozy. Um, damn. Well, I hope that she is able to recover to whatever extent as possible. And oof, man. Hey, and no, if domestic violence ain't no joke, you know, if it's happening to you, it's like hotlines and places you can call. So just try your best to get out that situation because you don't want it to escalate to someone shooting you in the head because you may not be as lucky as Nikki. Yeah, I mean, in that. That had to have been like an escalation oh, yeah. of events over time. Like you know, just snap yeah, and she, your partner. Oh, in the face. But I think the thing is, like, probably even in the depths of that. And I mean, I can't speak from any kind of firsthand experience, but you, you probably don't expect it to get to that point. Like, I think that they kind of amp up the violence gradually in such yeah. small increments that you you don't realize it's getting worse. And it sounds like that. She was very isolated, so she probably didn't have friends around her to be like, um... It's not right. Honey, <laughs> out of like... That. Yeah. Yeah, but... Oh, man. Yeah, that that was rough. <laughs> that was a rough one. I hope that she... Man, I hope that she is okay. <laughs> but by the grace of God, like, I, I don't know how you survive something like that. That's a miracle. And just imagine being told, like, oh, that girl, you got shot. I got what? <laughs> yeah, it's like what car accident? Excuse There's me? a bullet in your head. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you mean about that, man. <laughs> you tripping? Yeah, are you sure? Yeah, that Fatal is. I can't, like, <laughs> I need a second opinion. Uh, yeah, but that that was this week's show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening. Yeah. So, uh, what, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I think like next time. So the next episode you hear will be a dumb one, and then after that, I should be back in America, getting drunk at my own home. This is America. Look at you slipping <laughs> on. <laughs> I'm gonna blast that on an airplane, like as we're getting off the fucking plane. You're in the aisles, just causing a ruckus. They're like, sir. Oh my God, the air marshals just has to tackle you. This is waving my rifle in the air. <laughs> Because we can't, we carry them on the planes too. So if I wanted to, I could just like, cause a ruckus. <laughs> like you don't want this heat. <laughs> I'm ready for this That's fire. Because the, the only thing stopping me is like a zip tie and a magwell. That's it. I could just snap that shit. This whole bitch down. <laughs> 
And I've been watching Lost, so I think I'll survive on a desert island. I mean, maybe don't let anyone listen to this before you go on that plane. Cause... I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll bleep all of this part out. <laughs> it's like, I don't know they're going to let you on there, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Delta, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hijack a plane. I swear. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just want to go home. <laughs> I'm just trying to get back to my peace. <laughs> well, good. I'm excited right. you'll be back stateside, and thank you everyone for listening. You guys are great. Yeah. So uh, check us out Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. I'm throwing up peace signs again. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>